Welcome to MHBC Book Club. My name is Connor Alford. And I'm Ryan Von Cannell. Welcome back to another week of our MHBC Book Club. So thankful that you guys are joining us this week. We're going to be looking at Chapter 3, which was a really short chapter, uh, but there's, there's a lot of good stuff that's packed in here, so we're going to dig right into... Uh, the happiness of Christ. The scripture that we're looking at today is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It's the one that was uh, given to us uh, by the author here, and it speaks really to the joy of Christ. Hebrews 12, uh, verse 2. So let me read that for you guys really quickly. It says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run the race with endurance uh, that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So around this chapter talks about the happiness of Christ, the joy of Christ. Uh, could you give us a little bit of an overview as to what Orland's kind of getting at this week? Yeah, you know, those first two chapters, I really felt like he was he was going over the theme of the book about the heart of Christ, and then he kind of put that heart into action. And um, now it's like, as we're going to see for a while throughout the book, he's going to kind of dive into kind of the different attributes we see from the heart of Christ. And obviously this week is um, the happiness of Christ, and he really talks about that it's um, it brings Christ joy to be able to um, to pardon and to relieve and to comfort his people and to be there for his people, to love them and to forgive them. Um, that that's part of the heart of Christ, that he doesn't do it begrudgingly, that he doesn't um, do it out of any kind of, um, you know, kind of unwillingness, but but he does it lovingly and joyfully and graciously. Um, and that's kind of what Orland gets at here in this chapter. It's an interesting uh, way to to phrase the chapter uh, in speaking about Christ. You know, when we look at uh, the Bible, and I know that in my own relationship with Christ, you know, I I don't know that the word that I would use when Christ, when I, I know that Christ forgives me, I know that Christ desires to forgive me by His blood, that God does that through Jesus' substitutionary atonement for my sins, but... You know, I don't ever think of Christ doing that, and in that in the moment of doing that, it being joyful. Uh, what does it really mean for Christ to be joyful in that? Because I I wonder sometimes. You know, obviously Christ isn't joyful over our sins, but what is Christ joyful over here? Yeah, and that's that is kind of the struggle of um, this pastor. There's a time or two when you read it. You know, your initial thought is, "Wow, is he is he saying is God joyful over our sins?" And, and that's not. Um, what Ortland's saying, but it's it's he's joyful. What brings him joy is, is the ability to serve his people and to love his people um, and to kind of care for them through his sin. And so I kind of really, the picture that kept coming back to me was was of a mother or a father and, and how they care for their child, even in the messiness, even in the pain, even in the difficulties, they do it joyfully. Um, even though that's difficult at times and even though it may bring them pain at times, they love to do that because they love their children. And so that's kind of the, the picture that com, com, kept coming to my mind as I read this chapter about the happiness of Christ. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I really like how Ortland on page 36 compares Christ's love for a compassionate doctor. I mean, you think about uh, a doctor who goes into uh, a border country or into a nation that uh, doesn't really allow 
um, people to come in and do medical care. They don't really have very good medical care. And they go into a really primitive tribe with a contagious disease that's killing them and hurting them. And this doctor has his medical equipment, and he's got antibiotics. He has the ability to take care of them, and he has no need of financial compensation, nothing like that. He, the only reason he's there is just to provide care for these people, these hurt, uh, but they refuse to be helped. And Ortland uh, really compares Jesus to this individual because Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come to the earth to get anything, right? He came simply to give. And so that these people, though, they're willing to take care of themselves. This tribe is willing to figure out their own way to get better, even though the doctor knows the way in which they can get better. And finally, a brave young man steps forward and, and receives treatment. And that doctor in the moment, he doesn't feel anger over that person coming to him in his need. He doesn't feel hatefulness or hatred or he, he doesn't heal him begrudgingly. No, he feels absolute joy because he realizes that because one has stepped forward, he has the ability to heal. And that's the purpose that he came there to do. And so he says his joy increases to the degree that the sick come to him for help and healing. That's the whole reason that he came. And when we look at Jesus on the cross, isn't that exactly what Jesus did? The reason that he came was to heal us, and so he does find joy in healing us. Yeah, exactly. And I love the quote that right at the end of that story, talking about Christ, that he does not get flustered and frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness, for renewed pardon with distress and need and emptiness. And I just really love that, you know, this idea that, you know, Jesus isn't caught off guard by our sins and our failures, that it doesn't catch him by surprise. Um, I mean, he knows, and, and he knows all of it, you know, that Christ is omniscient. He knows what's going on. He knows our sins and our failures, where we've fallen short and missed the mark. And that is the very reason he came. And, um, and sometimes I think that's just hard for us. It's difficult for us to think about and accept and to believe Almost like a, you know, like a baby draft. If you've ever seen a video of them trying to walk and how difficult it is and what a struggle it is, and and I think in a lot of ways that's the same for us in our lives. That you know we've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, but even still, like we struggle with sin and we battle with temptation, and we're just like that baby draft trying to get up on our feet. But for some reason, we feel so much pressure to walk and to get it all correctly and right. Um, but but Christ knows that's not going to happen. Um, and so He stands ready to forgive and to love us and to be accessible. Um, to us and, and to offer that fresh forgiveness. I think that's just really difficult to believe at times. Yeah, um, I, and I really like, you know, Ortland uh, really summarizes Thomas Goodwin. And for those of you who are listening and watching and you want to know who Thomas Goodwin is, he is a Puritan pastor theologian. And you know how I love the Puritans and, and, uh, and just their rich theological depth and their need for grace and desire for holiness. But Goodwin here states on page 36, he says, Christ's own joy, comfort, happiness, and glory are increased and enlarged by his showing grace and mercy and pardoning, relieving, comforting his members here on earth. And so Christ, in, in, in all instances, for those that he loves, that he's bought and redeemed, it is a great joy and comfort and happiness to come, to the, to, to, to come and serve and to love them and to forgive them. Now, Ryan, I have a question, though. What about for the people who are watching this today, and they're really discouraged because sin, it, you know, sometimes sin just hooks us in a way that we can't seem to get out. And what about the Christians today who say, I love Jesus, and I've given my life to Jesus, and I just have to go to Him every single day with the same sin, and I'm repenting, I'm asking for grace and forgiveness, but I just feel like after a while, God gets tired of that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, just to, I mean, just to put it, I mean, bluntly and simply, like God doesn't get tired of that. He doesn't get tired of forgiving us. And and again, I think that's just so hard for us to believe. I think about it in my own life. You know, even you know, trying to listen to mom and dad growing up, or you know, now when my wife asks me to do something, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll do it. We'll get up and do what we're asked to do, or whatever. But we're going to do it begrudgingly, and we're going to do it, you know, kind of, you know, a little tone in our voice. But you know, we'll do it. And I think we almost think Jesus acts that way towards us, like He's going to forgive us. But you know, He's kind of, you know, kind of annoyed that He has to get up off the couch and do it. He's kind of has a tone in His voice, even though He's still going to go through with it. But that's not the case at all. That, that Jesus stoops down and he loves us and cares for us and he does it joyfully and he offers us grace and mercy. Um, and his mercies are new every single morning. And so, yes, you can you can come to Christ time after time and it's his joy to forgive you and to, uh, to cleanse you and to be there for you, to love you and to heal you. Um, that's, what, that's what Jesus does. Like, I mean, that's, that's who he is. That's mm-hmm. what his very heart, which is what this book's all about. So you can be encouraged by that truth, I think. Mm, that's good. That's really good. What, um, another intro I was going to mention too, you mentioned Thomas Goodwin, you know, if you're a history nerd out there, Thomas Goodwin has some interesting connections to Oliver Cromwell in the English Civil War. So if you want to nerd out, um, and go explore Thomas Goodwin some more, there's a place to go. Um, but I love this quote he gives, you know, he gives this quote, um, from Goodwin again, reflecting on the heart of Christ. And at the top of 38, he says, translation, when you come to Christ for mercy and love and help and your anguish and... Uh, perplexity and sinfulness, you are going with the flow of his own deepest wishes, not against them. But again, that's just that truth. That is the deepest wishes of Christ to forgive you and to love you. Um, you're not going against Christ, but you're going with Christ. Mm. I, I love in the next paragraph too where it says, As truly God, Christ cannot become any more full. He shares in his Father's immortal, eternal, unchangeable fullness. Yet as truly man, Christ's heart is not drained. By our coming to Him, His heart is filled up all the more by our coming back to Him. I think that's a beautiful picture of how the the humanity of Jesus and the deity of Jesus, how they meet, and in that He doesn't get exhausted, that He, he can't become any more full, that, that Christ in and of Himself has everything, uh, in, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has everything that He needs in His deity. So He doesn't need humanity. But he wants he wants us. I mean, he wants to love us, and he's even in that he's not drained by us. But rather, his humanity is this perfect humanity, one that's not marred or broken by sin. And so, Christ's heart it isn't drained by our hurt and our feebleness and our uh, our neediness. But rather, he he loves it. You know, he mm-hmm. loves it. Yeah, he's all about it. That's who Christ is. Um, you know, another thought, top, four, uh, top of page 40, he says, um, talking about Christ on the cross, it was the joyous anticipation of seeing his people made invincibly clean that sent him through his arrest, death, b- burial, and resurrection. And it's almost this idea that, that like we were the motivation for Christ as he suffered through that, that he mm-hmm. was doing it for his people, that mm-hmm. he had us on his mind. That's what propelled him through kind of that darkest day, that, um, the difficulties and the challenge of uh, of an innocent man being being beaten and tortured and murdered, but he did it for us uh, because Jesus loves us. Um, it's, it's kind of that simple. So, Ryan, as we look at this and and Christ and His desire to love to 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 love us, how do we apply today? How, what, what do we do to apply this? Yeah, well, I think partly kind of what we talked about earlier that you know. 
Christ doesn't tire of forgiving us and caring for us and cleansing us and loving us. Um, and so I really, one way I think we can apply it is just kind of throw ourselves to the cross and throw ourselves to Jesus. Um, kind of at the end of that chapter, you know, he talks about the, the father is not going to tell his son that, you know, breathe in the oxygen in a reasonable kind of measured way. And it's the same with Jesus. Don't just take in Jesus that a little bit at a time. I mean, just throw yourself at the feet of, uh, at the feet of Jesus and just feast upon him, you know. Uh, I think that's one way we could apply that this week. What you got? Anything else? You know, so so many people, when they come to Christ, they come with this approach of, I want to get myself cleaned up before I did, before I just fall into Jesus. I want to get myself cleaned up. I want to be palatable to Jesus. I want to be, uh, I, I want Jesus to be okay with my life. And the mm-hmm. truth is, you know, Jesus, the only way that God can be okay with your life is through the work of Jesus. So let Jesus do what he came to the earth to do. And so we're not running away from God to get ourselves better. No, we're running to God because only by the grace of Jesus are we really saved, are we really cleaned, are we really made new. And so we have to invite, uh, you know, Christ has invited us into this deep relationship with Him that isn't just for the good moments, but it's especially for the bad moments, for the sinful moments, uh, because we, we cast our need on Him. So. Yeah, and I think too, you know, you can even see that in, um, you know, this this chapter kind of came from the beginning of Hebrews twelve. Well, that chapter right before that, Hebrews eleven, you know, is the by faith chapter, the hall of faith chapter, and it's all these just heroes of the faith, just one after the other of Abel and Abraham and Moses and um, David, and just one after other, all these heroes of the faith. But each one of them, when we read their stories, they're people who were just like us, they were sinners and they failed and they fell short and they missed the mark. Um, and so we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to be so you know, cleaned up before we can bring ourselves to Jesus. Um, it wasn't, that wasn't true for any of these people kind of in this hall of faith and it's not true for us today. We can throw ourselves at the feet of the cross. That's exactly right. That we run towards him and realize and understand his grace. All right. Well, I think this has been another episode of the MHBC Book Club. If you don't have anything else, I think we're good. Short week because it's a short chapter. Yep. Well, we thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again next week. (laughs) 